It definitely makes it feel more personal. Yeah. Um, that's the beginning of the podcast. I've already started recording. <laughs> it's because <laughs> Chloe, Chloe just said that because uh, we're on Skype. She's in Sydney. I'm in LA. And where we have the video chat going, you guys don't know what that looks like, but it helps make the conversation between us hopefully more honest. Um, welcome to another episode of Honest Conversations with Alex Cubis. I am speaking with... Chloe Borum. Chloe Borum, uh, French-Australian actress, now director. Um, in the spirit of this anti-promotion podcast, though, we're going to be starting off with some fresh questions that I start all my episodes off with Chloe. I'm not sure. Have you listened to any episodes yet? I have listened to none. Oh, yet. great. Okay, <laughs> sweet. So you don't know how this begins. Um, I'm not offended that you haven't, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do I, am I honest? No, honest? you have to be completely, completely honest. Spirit, if honesty, it's, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> great, good, good. Um, I actually don't expect that any of my friends listen to it, but I don't really care because I'm having a good time doing it. Um, okay, You're, you'll probably recognize these questions. Finish, finish them for me. Right now, in this moment, I think I feel I need, I want. A bar of chocolate. Cool. You need or you want? I want. Okay, you want a bar of chocolate, yep. Um, I want a bar of chocolate. I think I'm... A little nervous because I've got my screening pre preview screening for my film cool. tonight. I feel <laughs> excited because I got to pat four dogs this morning on my walk. <laughs> oh, cool! Blessed, yeah. <laughs> Chloe's been up I since five, by the way, guys. It's uh, currently seven a.m. in Sydney. Um, yeah. Yep. Continue. And I've been up for a couple of hours. Um, and I need. Um, what do I need? I need a, I need my coffee. I haven't had my coffee yet. I thought you didn't drink coffee. I have decaf now these days. I'm holding a coffee and showing Chloe my Starbucks. Can you give me that Starbucks. coffee? Sorry, what? Can you give me that coffee? Uh, not through the screen. I don't know why you would want <laughs> Starbucks though. It's like sacrilegious for an Australian to be drinking it. Yeah, um, I'm absolutely not going to have that. I, I have actually don't think it's... around the corner from my house. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's... I've gotten addicted to it. Um, and it's now like a, an homage or like something I'm making fun of in the mockumentary that I'm making. Um, okay. So you need... You know... Okay. I said before that I don't want this to be promotional, but I actually am curious about your film screening. What it is, what's going on tonight? We can get into that because there's a lot of like uh, intersectionality when it comes to promoting art, and I think that there's like almost a contradiction in it. But we have to embrace it, right, in order to get it out there. So yeah, yeah tell you me have about to it. Embrace it because you want people to watch your film. Yeah. So like, so why do you want to? Why do you want people to watch it? I want people to watch it because. I think the film's message is really important. What's it called? Like you, you'd have to you'd have to life. pronounce it correctly. So it's Lalicon. Okay, which means the unicorn in the unicorn. Cool. So and we've moved on from Gone Sweetie. Was that so Chloe and I, to give context, were I was helping her produce or develop um a short or a script that she was writing about a year ago or a year and a half ago now. A year and a half ago. Yeah. And then geography and work bookings for both of us got in the way in a good way, I think. And then, but was that 
was Gone Sweetie the genesis of the unicorn? Well, actually, to tell you the honest truth, I put pen to paper when we did a masterclass with Kim, Kim Farrant, mm-hmm. um, a great friend of mine and amazing collaborator and mentor. And did you just say that yeah. right now to give context, or was that would you say yeah, that to give in context? A, sure, yeah. So don't context. I can add those in stuff. I can add that information in after the conversation. You don't have to sort of okay. yeah, or I can clarify it for it. But don't feel that you need to talk okay, in the cool. yeah. Anyway, sorry. All right. So basically, we started putting. I started putting pen to paper, and then, well, then we worked on the film together and shot a teaser at Belvoir in Sydney. And then, I don't know. To be honest, like I just realized that that wasn't necessarily the direction I wanted to go in. Mm. Like I saw a friend of mine who you know yesterday, and I was thanking her because I remember when I put it out, when I was gonna about about to put it out, she was like, "This is not you." Oh, was that Pip? Hmm? Was that Pip? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Like, this is not Home and Away you. star. This is not, Pip. Yeah. Pip and they were like, it's not, this isn't really your true work yet. And I remember being really angry. <laughs> yeah, I remember. You I and, remember I, like, you and I talked about it, right? About my work. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I actually then slowly worked for like 18 months to work on craft and. And also work on what it is that what's the what is it really that I wanted to put out there? Wait, eighteen months since you we shot it. It hasn't been that long. Yeah, yeah, it has. We shot it in November. It's been fifteen months. Yeah, it's been nearly a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Right. But you shot your unicorn. I'm not going to pronounce it in French. You shot that six months ago, though, right? No, I shot that two months ago. Oh, okay. Well, I'm losing track of time. Um, yeah, I shot this in December. The Paris film. This so basically, is, after yeah. we had worked on Bon Sweetie, I then worked for like 15 months on, it didn't take me 15 months to write The Unicorn. I wrote it on my 30th birthday, oh, cool. literally in probably two days, and then started finessing it over three months. And then when I was in Paris last year in December, which is two months ago, three yeah. months ago. I've got to write these things down because this is all like giving me an opportunity to ask the questions without you even me having to force them. Okay. So going back to, you got feedback from, I'll give context, Pip Edwards, who is a Home and Away star back in Australia. I don't know if she'd like that. Why? Do you, why? I think that's good. She's a TV star in Australia and an awesome coach. Anyway, that's, I think that that. She's I, an amazing person. I meant that yeah. totally as a compliment. Um, yeah. So you, <laughs> you let me, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to like process this all at the same time. Um, okay, so we're working on this thing because you obvious combination of reasons for why you wanted to do it. Obviously, there was an important message about mental health with Gone Sweetie, um, which yeah. aligned with my interest in creating, telling a story. And I just sort of wanted to be a part of something too. You wanted to create a, a job for yourself. That's just like a practical reality. Was that a primary consideration or was that just a byproduct of the artistic process of putting its story out? I think it was more like I wanted I want the idea to be formed into like a real thing rather than it just being something that had just been written in a masterclass. Yeah, you know? exactly. Okay. And I also wanted to work with you because we mm. worked together. Mm. And so it kind of came about into creating, yeah, a project that could launch itself into different spaces, whether it was a job, whether it was being able to contact people that I'd be wanting to contact. Yeah, giving an opportunity so to just leverage yourself. Yeah. 
and then I, I just realized I didn't, I didn't know that that was the direction I wanted to go. And like, I still wanted to deal with the theme, the same theme, but you know, oddly enough, the film that I created in Paris is not, um, is in, in, in a similar kind of, um, like it's in a similar world, but it's just told in a different way. It's just told in a more honest way. I do want to give, I do want to give context. So obviously we wouldn't need to clarify if we're just talking amongst ourselves, what Gone Sweetie was about, but for listeners, it was the pitch that we're working on was, um, Black Swan meets Kramer versus Kramer about a dancer in Paris who moved back to Sydney dealing with mental health issues and a custody battle with her child. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's, that's the, yeah. That was the I mean, original that's idea. Always, that's, is it in the yeah. same world? Is it the same character? I know she's not called Tina anymore, but is it the same? No, 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 no. Like that Gone Sweetie is still going to be made. That's the feature mm. film. And I realized I wanted to make three films before that. And okay. so I created the unicorn as a trilogy leading up to the feature film. Cause I, I feel like I haven't been ready yet to make the feature. Mm. And so I kind of, in a way, uh, what I mean by saying it, doing it a different way, I think it's more just because I've got more skills now just in regards to storytelling and the people I want to approach as well. So more skills, me, more skills, even in the past year, you think that you've made leaps, oh, yeah. even just what's, what's, what's triggered that? Well, I'm lecturing in directing. I'm mm. meeting people that I've been wanting to meet for many, many years and just reaching out, which has been wonderful and asking them for their advice and guidance. And I've got, you know, some new mentors in my life overseas in France and that's been instrumental and like doing everything I want, want to be doing, which is bridging that gap between France and Australia, like okay. telling stories in both landscapes. Um, but ultimately, you know, the project that we did, like it's still there. It's, it's still, still, gest- it's still gestating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's, but I guess I that's just cool. Realized I, yeah. want to, I want to tell a few more stories leading up to that now. Right. Okay. And you don't know that until like, obviously you've got to experiment and you've got to test things out. Yeah. Like when you were, when we were doing it was there, and so the result was something that your friends viewed as perhaps inauthentic or whatever that means, quote unquote. Well, they just thought if, if that's going to be the first thing that you're putting out there, mm. like, I think wait and keep working. Okay. So that, cause and they, I think that's it, really sound advice because they yeah. know me so well. Yeah, right. Really proud of this film. So did I'm you, the in the process thing. leading up to it, so they knew that maybe it wasn't authentic or it, you're capable of something better in the meantime or whatever that criticism was in the process of doing it, did you ever have that awareness that, oh, maybe this isn't it, but you were already stuck on the treadmill of doing it and you felt there was time crunches and stuff, so you just wanted to get it done? Yeah, like I mean, that, that's a really good that, question. Did you, were you aware of that like obligation to be – so it's a difference between like an actor who is auditioning, trying to get a job, and then I hear about actors all the time who are just like – having fun and then the actors that just sort of just go with the flow and have fun. There's no actual difference really in their daily, in their daily process or their weekly process, but their attitude about the result is different. And though the person that's not too results oriented usually comes out with the result, ironically enough. So were you well, aware of that? Not being results oriented? So what I would say to that is that I, Sorry, think- I was rambling, but yeah. No, but what I would honestly say to that, I think what's what happens is that you know when your work is resonating with you in a way that feels authentic. 
And you know when you're like, oh, I'm just going to go with it because I'm making it. Now, I'm all for creating, like, creating work. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all for put stuff out there and make things because sometimes just in the act of making it, it might lead to something else. To something else. Yes. That's exactly what happened to me. Yes. Because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. as I was making it, I was like, this is brilliant in the sense it's brilliant because I'm, like, courageous enough to kind of go, okay, I'm going to put something out there. Like, that, was also deeply, be- that was also deeply personal too. Yeah, it is personal, absolutely. And the people that I had around me, you know, thank God you have people, you want people around you who are going to be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Work harder. Yeah. Have you ever been that person to someone else? Have you ever been that person to someone else? Yeah, of course I am. I mean, I, yeah. And can, I you, probably can you say their name the or are they too me. famous? Hmm? Can you say their name or are they too famous? As in the people who've said that to me or vice versa? <laughs> vice versa, yeah, both. Well, I don't know. I think... I keep those names private because it's so deeply it's so deeply personal when someone's like, "Ah, oh, come on, right. this, this work is not where it is supposed to be at." You yep. can do, you can go, you can go deeper. You've got more depth than this. It is those crunch moments where you know when I listen to interviews myself, like I always look out for when people are talking about having yes people around them and having too many yes people because then they're not getting a real sounding board of authenticity. It's just people just like going, going with all the ideas. And sometimes some ideas have to percolate for a little bit longer. Mm. Um, and I've worked and invested, you know, as a creative, I've worked so diligently at having people around me with no bullshit who are going to tell it as it is, who are going to be really compassionate and generous and kind at the same time, but who, when it comes to the crunch, are going to go, come on. How can you... <laughs> make that judgment for, because for me, I had, I thought when I started acting, there was one person who I was sort of quote working with. And I mean that in like, we made a short film and stuff and he was like freelancing as a coach or something. And he was just actually just really critical. And and I I sort of came to realize that it was, I was almost like his experiment or something um, in terms of like teaching me how to act, I guess. So how do you know when, well, I guess for me, it was what was the turning, the tipping point was that. Well, you work it out. Well, yeah. Well, the tipping point for me with that was that he directed like a showreel scene with a, a, a better friend of mine um, and it didn't go well. It flopped basically. And it was at that moment that I realized, okay, cutting out that friendship or that relationship. Have you had that happen to you in the creative process? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's not necessarily about cutting out. It's more about going, okay, we're going to go separate ways. Because if it's right. not working, it's yeah. not working. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, cutting out literally can manifest in like, in like, I, I'm i not going to return the phone calls or the messages. That's cutting out. And that's what happened. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, has that happened to you? Um, or have you done that to someone else? No. Maybe you're just nice. I, <laughs> what? No, I'm just going to be obsessed with closure. Right. Okay. Even if I'm going to part ways with someone creatively, well, I think I did. I think I did explain it. I think I think that they just didn't understand yeah. that that was the closure. Well, then you know, yeah, no, I I, I I try to make it as clear as possible because you know I'm a coach as well, so I'm all for like just making sure the person's understanding what's going on. And sometimes it, do- it comes down to semantics, and sometimes yeah. it's like it's not even an exchange of words. It's just like. Sometimes it just has to be put down in writing, like an email. Like right. it's been so amazing collaborating with you. What an experiment it's been. 
go, we're going to have to part ways now because I think, you know, we've done our time together. I've, I've certainly written that. I think that's that's happened. But, like, I, I, I'm all for creative differences as well. I really invited in. Like, yeah, you know, for even sure. Shooting my film in France. Like, my, my DOP and I, when I'm watching The Rushes, we're just, like, <laughs> arguing the whole time in French and English because everyone on set spoke both languages. Oh, okay. And when I say arguing, I don't mean like, you know, it's all done with... Because well, you, you both care. You both care. But I, you know, I'm French, so like, I'm like, let's bring on some fire and a bit of passion and... You isn't, know, that, and isn't that Italian? Is that French? I thought that was more everything. Italian. What? I thought that was more Italian, not French. Uh, I think the French, the French definitely have, it's much, it's a bit more reserved and a bit more, um, yeah, it's a bit more pulled back, but it's certainly there. Oh my God. I mean, even just some people I've collaborated with or even spoken to, coffees I had, people I met in Paris just recently. Like, there's such a beautiful honesty because it's, you know, Parisians are so tough. Mm-hmm. They're really they've tough. got high standards. They've got a mate, yeah, they've got big, big high expectations about, you know, the way things are and the way it should be. And I certainly have that in me, so it brings that part of me Actually, didn't it brings my Australian part out where I go a bit more laid back. I'm like, right. I'm not going to compete tension, with this. Cultural, cultural tension. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Which, is, which, I, which, which I love. But, I mean, going back to creative differences, you know, it's part of the game. And then going back to our, like, you know, talking about how a project evolves. Mm. It's so exciting when, like, you're like, whoa, okay, this is not where I expected I was going to be going. And then you're going on this new journey and then you're – you end up making a trilogy. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I'm doing before. So, I what's the up. trilogy? What's the trilogy about? One, well, two, I think it's all it's all the same. It's still themes of mental health. It's still French Australian stories, like the two combined. A female at the center of it, like you know, it is a story of a woman, um, and then it's told from three different perspectives. Um, so this one's told from a woman who lives in Australia and who lives in Paris, well, she's French as well, um, who's shaken by a um, someone in her life who's intrusive and tricky but who she adores, and that's the unicorn. And then the next one is a hiking film, which I'm going to be shooting in Tasmania. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that's about two best friends. You go hiking and there's a story there. Is that from the, I remember that Instagram photo about a a year ago. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. I tell you what, it's so like amazing when like pennies drop and you're like, just that, you're right. You're like, I remember when we did that hiking photo, like hiking has always been my little outlet. And I'm like, where do I next want to shoot a film? And I'm like, well, where I feel the most free. And the most off the grid and the most inspired I always is in nature. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to shoot this film in, and all done chronologically with my team. So it's, it'll be like a six-day shoot and we're going to just go out trekking. So I'm going hiking next week to actually get off the grid and also to get inspired. Have you written it yet? Hmm? Have you written the full script? No, I'm like a third in. Okay. What's it about? Yeah. Can you say what the conflict is? Um, is it a fight or is it a, a end of a friendship? Um, it's kind of everything. It's a complexity of female friendship, but ultimately... It's very complex. Have you watched Big Little Lies? Yeah, I have been watching it. It's yeah, amazing. It's so good. Yeah, that's a great inspiration as well. 
No, something happens to them as just before they go on this hike and they witness something that's very strange and very, um, very, um, very weird and also very, I guess, hard to deal with. And I think it comes to the crunch where someone has to make a decision whether they're going to act on it or not act on it. So it's 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 an event that happens, which I'll keep under wraps. But something happens before okay. they go on the hike okay. that they witness, and they in a way they they, they process this throughout the whole hike, and all this um, dynamic happens because of it. Um, yeah, and it happened. This event happened to a friend of mine. So I, <laughs> it's like don't be a friend with a rider because they'll just use everything. Yeah, that's so true though. But like when my friend called me up and said, this just happened to me, I just remember thinking, oh my God, I remember thinking, actually, I probably would have done the opposite of what she'd done. Interesting. And I thought, wow. And she's like one of my close best friends. And I thought, that is a story in itself. Because the, way, I think, the, the different ways that people respond to the same yeah, situation. Yeah, an event like that. And especially when you're people who you're so close and you think that you're the same. And that's like that, those, those, but those moments are like the litmus tests for relationships and for friendships. Sometimes they were, it's like a small conflict reveal something bigger and you can actually identify in life as you can when you're telling or watching a story. It's like, that's like the beat change. That's the change in the act. And it's crazy when I can think back to situations where it's like, yep, it just was, it can be crystallized down to that one moment. But it is that, and I want to put that moment rather than halfway through a film or three quarters through a film, because often that's where the climax is, I'm literally putting it, it's the first moment. It's probably the first one minute. So, you know, we get an idea of them, and then in the the first minute of the film, boom. But that's opening up up with conflict. I would think that that would be the way to to start it, because it doesn't have to be the conflict. It's just like, I mean, you could use that as a climax in another film, but... Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Well, you know, the film that I've just shot in Paris, the climax is at the end. It's all leading up to this point okay. because it's all very mysterious. Like even the composer that I... Why the unicorn? Know, Why that name? That word? Well, it actually comes from a dream I had. I had a dream about, I don't know, probably when I was about 10 years old and that dream has been the greatest inspiration <laughs> for all of my work. It is the strangest I just feel like saying you're so degree. weird with your dreams, but no, it's cool. It's very, it's very, oh, wow. I rewrote that dream about 50 times in different ways. Yeah. It's this, it's this, it, it encapsulates everything that I've traveled and journeyed and done because it's scary, it's terrifying, it's magical, it's beautiful, it's... That's bitter, that bittersweet. Like, I love walking the line of bittersweet, and I hope to make, keep continue making films that have that, where it's like, it's like there's such beauty in the chaos. Um, and it was, and Unicorn was in there. And one part of the dream is, is this notion of ocean full of unicorns. And I love the title, and I love the concept. And because we're dealing with someone who is um, on the brink, like, who's mentally unwell, just thought unicorn is such a great idea for someone who, who says he can see unicorns. And that's right. just like, mm. yeah, it became the kind of theme that became the, the metaphor for him and who he is. But we don't know who he is until the end. And I've been very conscious of like not revealing that, even the way that we're talking about it. Um, 
because that's the reveal at the end of the film. Through all of this, have you stopped caring about auditioning and booking work the, quote, (laughs) conventional way? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, I'm still auditioning. Yeah. you're still oh, on the hustle. Because that's that's just that's just sort of, you know, with your agents and, and being loyal oh, to them or whatever. <laughs> Do you treat auditions differently? <laughs> but I won't say that, but I, I, okay. I would just say like No, you okay, um, I guess if you want to hold back, identify that you're holding back. But yeah, you don't so have to I'm say holding, Yeah, yeah. Like someone who reps me is just like, Okay, so we're gonna talk about acting now and like, right. yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. Like, I'm the lead in my film in Paris. In my feature I'll i I'm gonna be playing this woman. But I'm just so excited. Like the thing that excites me the most is being able to work with people I wanna work with that I've been admiring for years. Like I got to work with an actor that I admired for like three years in Paris, and when he said yes, I was just like, "How did you? How did that come like, about? Did you just did you use cold contact him?" No, he, I mean everyone was just a friend of a friend. Of and a this friend, is I'm trying I to guess. get up. Wait, what's his name again? He's a French, well-known French Paul actor. Ami. What? How do you say it? Paul Ami. Paul. He's a season-nominated actor, right? Yeah, he's just. I saw him when I was like at a cinema. I remember seeing his film Suzanne three years ago in Paris, and I was in the cinema on my own. I was in my uh, my grandmother was late, so I was on the first half of the film. I was on my own, and I just remember thinking, "Oh my god, who is that actor?" And then cut to like three years later, I was like, "Okay, I'm making a film. Who do I want?" And he just kept coming up. And then I was asking contacts, what well, friends, like directors in in Paris. They're like, "What about him?" And I was like, "That's exactly what I'm thinking about." And then it just kind of gradually happened. Like a really good friend of mine here um, posted something online on her social media, which, you know, I never thought that that would be the avenue that this would kind of come all about. That's, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if it wasn't the avenue. Anyway, so then it happened from there. And then someone, one of her good friends, um, well, Gracie Otto really helped out. She was like, hey, I've got, you know, these people. And then I got in touch with one of the directors and then he had put Paul in one of his films last year. And then when I met him, he was like, okay, so who do you want? And it was between him and Robert. I was like, I really want Paul. And he just, I just remember he gave me, he put the phone on the table with his number. And I was like, yeah. oh. Wait, sorry, go back again. I was trying to like, I was Googling, stupidly Googling and not fully <laughs> invested in this conversation because I want to like, I want to keep asking questions. But um, who was the person that gave you the number? That you just said. So Gracie Otto like gave me a number to the director, and okay. Yastem is a director, quite an, a known director in France. He made a film with Paul in it and another actor. Okay. And then when I went to coffee with him, he was like, "So who are you wanting?" And I was like, "I just really want Paul." Right. And he just literally took his phone out of his pocket, put it on the table, was like, "Here's his number." Ah, like, that's so Hollywood. And then called him and met up with him like two days later. And we had oysters. In <laughs> Sydney Paris. or in Paris? No, it's in Paris. Okay. Were you over there shooting or did you like move there for a I bit? I actually had two weeks of pre and then had to find my cast, had to get everything organized, everything organized in two weeks. I mean, it was just, everything for this film has just been like a rush. Okay. Um, but maybe that's the way I like it. I don't know. But no, no, that's, that's how it goes though. And so then, you know, it was just like all these things kind of happened. Like him coming on board, my DOP couldn't make it. Two weeks before my shoot, he put me in touch with his best friend as a DOP. He's French-American, like Paul. And he was unbelievable. Like, and then I got a first AD that I met on the first night that I was in Paris. I went to this, like, 
networking event and he just happened to be there and he's like, look, I really would love to work with you because I showcased a bit of my work because at this networking event, I was like, I'm looking for an actor because mm. um, I hadn't approached Paul yet. Was it and an then, actual network? Was it an explicit networking event or it was a, like a party that you went to network at? No, this is a networking event. Like okay. someone said, go to this specific event in Paris and okay. I did. Um, and I actually showed my showreel as an actor um, and then met this other director who's, you know, become kind of a close friend who's shooting a feature in France and we're talking about projects together it was a strange thing. It just like every moment was just, you know, I, I worked tirelessly at savoring every moment I had there because I knew I, I needed to shoot that weekend. Okay. This weekend that I'd locked in because I had, I already had a few people on the team and that was the weekend um, just before Christmas. Um, so I, it was just like, it was a mad rush. And then we shot it over two days. I was going to shoot the whole thing over one day and I met with a director Julie Bettichelli, who who done a film that I really admire and who's been doing the co-pro Australian-French production for that, Michelle Gasbourg, and she just said, you, you're crazy, you have to shoot it over two days. And I was like, I have to shoot it over two days. <laughs> so we did it. And it was just like, it was extraordinary. It was amazing. It was just like such an incredible experience because then even going back to Sydney, all the contacts I've had as an actor, I mean, all the, I shouldn't even say contacts, like people that I know, I was like, okay, I'm coming to you as a director. Can you help me out? Um, mind you, everyone was paid on this project. You know, cool. it was self-funded. Um, there was quite a bit of money that was poured into this project. Um, but everyone was paid. Are you allowed and to say the are you? Do you not want to say the budget? The budget was 20 grand. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's on IMDb, so I can say it. Okay, anyway. right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, and then the composer came on board straight after that. And this is an, uh, Ben Frost, who I've been wanting to work with for a little while as well. He did the film Sleeping Beauty. Right, cool. Love that film. Oh, great. Julia Lee film. And he's amazing composer. And then I got music, a music track by two like musicians that I've admired for so many years, like Nils Fry and Oliver Arnold, like big in the experimental world. And I love the experimental music world. Like, for me, that's my... Mm. like bread and butter I just yeah have you given you know, these answers before or in conversations with other people when you've been talking yeah like when you've been talking about this uh, do you feel like you're now I, I guess the where, where's the area that I'm going with like edit commenting on your own work and whether that dilutes the process or just going ahead and getting it done um no, because I think talking about it, then you get really clear as to as, the oh, as to what the purpose is. A, like these are similar people I want to work with. Or, okay, yeah, it's actually it's a, it's a it's a it's a process of clarifying your goals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it does form. It's not purely self promotional. It's actually quite it's quite artistic. Um, well, I think it's more because I had really clear. I wasn't really clear so much on the music, but I was clear on tonally what I wanted and I was like who has that and you just then you start researching and then you're like oh wait a minute I've been listening to this artist for years mm. why not approach them like I say this like this but can I just say like picking up the phone to call any of these people was so scary because mm. when you admire someone so much you're just like Bleh. yeah like, 
people say this is so easy. It's not like, oh, one, two, three, all of this happens. No, like, no, no. There's a lot of moments where you're just doubting yourself and you're thinking, oh, do I do it, do I not? But then you just come out the other side and you're like, you know, I don't know, we're all humans and, you know, what's the worst they can say is no, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We we build up a lot. Um, Issa Rae, like she's created Insecure for HBO and she talked about, I read a sentence because I think I was debating whether or not I should even bother making something of my own. And I read a sentence, I just really liked the show and then I was reading about it and she, there was a quote from her that said, I created Awkward Black Girl, which was her first web series that Insecure is based on. And she said, I hadn't seen my specific story told before. You know, like she isn't a quote typical black girl in the way that she's rep- in the way that they're represented in the media. And so I was like, oh, so what story from my life or what part of me is actually not represented? And that for me has been helpful because I was like oh I need to really think about that and sit with that and that's actually part of the reason why I started this podcast um have in all of this obviously you are French Australian um you're passionate about drawing attention to mental health and those have informed your stories did you consciously sit was there a moment where you consciously sat down like a year and a half ago or two years ago where you were like right I want to make my own project or I want to make my own work because everyone in the industry is saying you need to make your own work and all that BS. No. Did you sit down and be like, okay, I need to and try and force it in that way and then it's just gestated over time or it it truthfully has just organically evolved? Well, I'll say one thing. Not everyone in the industry says you have to make your own work. I feel like right. that's not said enough and I think people should really hear it. Okay. I think in Australia they should. I think it's, oh, an, it's, Australia, I think it's yeah. the norm... I don't know. That's what I've been hearing. I don't think that I haven't heard that. I haven't not heard that from anyone. Oh, actually, no. One person, she was working consistently in America on American TV shows for about nine years. And she has, um, I think my, we might have to pause the conversation and come back to it. I might need to move something. Hold on just one second. Okay. We did 20 minutes, but I felt like, you know, I'm well, just I've, just started, I've just started record, recording, so you may as well go from that <laughs> point. So basically, guys, welcome to another episode of Honest Conversations with Alex Cubis. We can take it out. I might combine it with the first part. Chloe and I were talking for about 25 minutes, and then I had to move my car, um, which sucked because we're at a really interesting point discussing. You're on about, I had said that everyone in the industry says, make your own work, and I was talking about how do you balance creating that opportunity for yourself I mean, or do you just let the ideas and your organic artistry just flow? Like, how do you, or do you just have to start with something and see where it takes you, but then it's just going to end up being bad, like so much other content. So for me personally, like it was a matter of waiting. Like I just said before, with seeing the quote from Issa Rae, like she hadn't seen her story represented before or her point of view. And then that's just where Awkward Black Girl came from. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I guess she was just, and then you just go from, go from there. And for me, I've really taken my time with even, and I'm even scared to put it out now, but, um, yeah. Do you want to, sorry, continue on from there. I'm so, I'm just so frustrated (laughs) about the fact that I had to move my car. It's just so annoying. Anyway. But I feel like it happened for a reason. It happened for, it happened for a reason. And Chloe's just said that we, she wants to start the conversation again because she feels like she's that, that break or whatever. Um, 
has changed your outlook. So what happened? Um, I think I was thinking about where you have moments where you realize what it is that you want to tell, like what are the stories you want to tell. Yeah. And so, I mean, the idea had percolated for a long time because my own story is that I've grown up with um, someone very mentally, like very mentally unwell in my family. Mm-hmm. And so when it's around you so much, like all you want to do is just, um, well, at first you start writing about it, which is what I did. And was that and a then, way for you to exercise your feelings well, about yeah, an unresolved you're writing, situation? You're, it out, you're writing it out, you're dreaming it. And then suddenly I was just like, oh, okay. Hold that thought just because I just wanted to say this and get your thoughts on it actually. I was writing something yesterday in the re- or the other day. The reason that it came out in like a full treatment in about an hour for something and it was because I was dealing with this situation relationship-based and this, we had kept having the same argument and so I just basically just I needed to vent it somehow and um, it was it's an acting exercise and having like an imaginary person in front of you and just sort of yeah. saying saying it and giving basically it was just like an opportunity and just having my voice heard and it was totally therapeutic I don't even need to have that conversation with that person anymore because I was able to put it onto paper and then another thing was that um, I discovered Google Docs has a voice recorder where it types out what you say which was awesome yeah so then I was able to record everything and then this great thing script idea came from it um does that does writing serve the same function for you yeah I think it does but I think there comes a point in your life where you're just like okay I'm gonna be honest with myself like what are the stories that actually really are worth of and are worth putting out there I guess well no like what what genuinely are the stories that are in, inside of you like what are the ones that actually are a part of you rather than an extension of you or what you think is you. Right. So do you think that, so something like that I turned 30 and I remember being in my bedroom Mm. and my my, my apartment, one of my close friends, um, she actually asked me that question. She was just like, so if you're moving into filmmaking, like what is it? And I just went, oh, this is it. And I just started to tell the story. She goes, whoa, 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 whoa. She goes, where is it set? I go, it's in a, it's in a bath. And she goes, okay, where's your camera? And I go, what do you mean? She's like, where's your camera? I was like, I don't know, it's above my wardrobe somewhere. And she goes, okay, great. And she took the camera, she goes, get in the bath. And I was like, what? And she's like, now, go. Just go in that moment. Everything that you just said, just I'll shoot you for 30 to a minute, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. And she did, and that was literally how the unicorn was formed but oh. it only it came from an, a, a moment of just like you know that's so cool bridging the gap from your 20s to your 30s feeling like oh you know and then like see i've been waiting for someone to have this answer in one of my podcasts lately i'm like because i love those moments because they're almost moments that you can put into a film and so many, this is literally for you but it's almost it's almost meta is, yeah yeah but like i I could, it couldn't have been any other way because that's... So do you think that... I live by that. What like, I was saying I before, the, the the relationship scenario was that's not a part of me? Is that what you were sort of getting at? It's like, it's it's hard to tell because it's it's, it's involving, it involves other people. It's, it's not really a part of you or in you. It's just circumstantial. 
the relation, like the what, what relationship, the the one that I was saying before, where it was like a situation that was unresolved and I needed to vent. Yeah. And that might not be a story worth telling or necessarily genuinely me because it, it it's circumstantial or specific, like it's therefore not really yeah, me. Yeah, but then you have to, you know, it's really important you do test those things out though at the same time because unless you get it out, unless you express it out, unless you art it out, you don't know, talk about, dance it out, write it out, then you have no idea. And for you, so like, I guess the, the revelation was that you tested it out with your friend helping you film something in the bath and something, and then it started the yeah. process. So you do know that that was organic, but you don't know until yeah, something happened. Yeah, but happened. it felt organic. It felt and like a moment, so that moment of realize, inspiration, yeah. You don't realize you're doing it. That's that's the best moment. So mm. you're like, holy shit. Like, because then she said to me, okay, now you're writing a script from it. And I was like, what? She goes, you have a week. Deadlines, I think, are the best thing, I think, for creators. Yeah. She, I did. I wrote it in a week, and then, like, you know, the original script is nothing. Well, no, like the, the original idea is there, I guess, but, you know, it's been really finessed since until the time I shot it that everything came from that bath. And I always knew that, like, it's like I've always known that it was going to be a story that was kind of set in a bathroom that I wanted to shoot in Paris. Like, it's like, yeah, I guess you put stuff out there, like where it is that you'd want things to be, but that, you know... You gotta throw caution to the wind and let it. What do you mean happen. by where do you think want, where do you happen. want things to be? You mean literally, like in the environment that they're set, or like in terms of an achievement? Everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Oh, that's my email. <laughs> All those sounds. It's a shame that I didn't start. Like I should have recorded the the time when before where I picked up the phone and was like, "Hey, man, do you need me to move my car?" That would have made a great moment. But the start yeah, of like, our... Oh, this, I hope you haven't stopped to, um, recording because that's just like... No, no, you know, no. So that, this, that's this, the life of a creative. It's yeah. like constantly like um, just juggling. You're like, we're like professional jugglers. Even, and then when yeah. you direct, like a professional... But even funny, the car, the car brings up like a lot of stuff. But I was in, in the parking garage before and the guy pushing the trolleys um, hit me. And we had this really weird exchange about he he wanted to go upstairs and, and go to the management or something. And he had hit me. It was really weird. He was really entitled. And I just it just felt so something that I would see on, on Transparent. I had, to, I had to write it down um, about an hour ago. An hour ago. Oh, my God. And I had to write it down because I was just like, that was just too – because my it completely – it almost – <laughs> I was having a really good morning and I was so chilled and then all of a sudden I just went really angry at this dude. And we had this yeah. di- we had this dialogue exchange that it felt like it was from a TV show. <laughs> I just had to write it down and now and then yeah, was I'll just write it down. Yeah. Right, okay. But I've never been I've never felt what I've wanted to do that before because I felt that, that that was so pretentious, but I guess with speaking with people like you now it's like a part of my daily process which is pretty cool. Yeah, because like, oh my God, sometimes what happens to you in life is just crazy. Or like and with your so, friends when that incident happened and you just had to put that into pa- put that onto paper, I guess. Oh, hiking. But, but it, you don't force it. You know what no, I mean? No, that's the like, thing. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You, know, you obviously just ran home. You're like, I've got to write this down. That's yeah. what it's like. It's not like someone's forcing you. And in a way, she wasn't. When she was like, you have to write it down, you've got a week. It was more like she could see in my eyes that there was such thirst and hunger for whatever this story was that was coming up, you know. 
what did turning 30 mean for you at the time? Was it, did it bring up angst on that morning or were you, no, were you dreading it in the week? Well, I wanted to create a doco asking people about what it is to turn 30 in the creative industry. Okay. Um, and I started it. I didn't shoot anything, but I did start the project. And then I was like, well, why don't I just live it out myself? Like, oh, cool. and actually just stay with it and just see what happens for me. I don't know. Yeah. And then, yeah, of course it brings up angst and it brings up all that kind of stuff. But I got to say one thing, as soon as I hit it, like, well, that's, I feel like some of my best work has come for the, like something has just transformed. You start giving a fuck as much. Yeah. And you just go, nah, all right, I'm really going to just you try to try yeah. that. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I would, I would, I would recommend it to everyone. Do you remember thinking that feel like, like five years ago, do you remember thinking, oh, wow, when I turn 30, I'm going to be really anxious if I haven't achieved certain things or if, you know, whatever? Yeah, but I think when I was going to shoot in Paris, it's like, oh my God. This is what I, I have wanted to have been doing. I guess so. But yeah. You don't even, yeah, 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 yeah. In, in a different way, you know, like, I'm, yeah, I just, I remember like five o'clock in the morning after day one and I was doing a video blog for a friend back in Sydney and I was so tired, I really, really looked at the video and I was just like, just my, I was so exhausted but I could just like, I kind of stopped the video of like falling asleep with a smile and like that to me said everything. Oh, cool. I don't even remember what I said but it was more that feeling of like, oh, you are exactly where you're supposed to be, and that, yeah. that, that feeling. But I, I think you you have to be reminded of that. I think you have to you have to remind yourself you are exactly where you are supposed to be right now. Yes. Yeah. Like that is a really good thing that I've learned. Like this is where you're supposed to be right now. Are you spiritual? I mean, you <laughs> are in the way that like believing in the universe and stuff. I get that. But do you do you practice anything? I. Yeah, meditation okay. and but you, mindfulness. But you don't practice and, any specific religion? No, no, no religion. Um, just loving people and, um, and like, when you're having a really crap day, just being, remembering all the great things you already have in your life. Like, we're so fortunate to, one, be alive, but also, like, living in Australia versus living anywhere else. Like, yeah. I'm very lucky living here. Um, and all the people that I have in my life, like everyone, like, you know, I that that excites me. I always think, you know, when someone's like, oh, should I move to a new city for a career and blah, 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 I go, yeah, but who are the people in the city there? Because mm. those are the people that are going to inspire you. Yeah and, that, like, yeah, and wherever you go, that's where you are. Just because you change your geography doesn't mean... I think it does. Yeah, the it, it people does. are the most important. Like the mm. country is really important, and like you know, you get inspired by the landscape. But God, you get inspired by people. People are the the, the most inspiring element. I think of when you're creating work. And when we had our break before, and you came, when we came back, and you said that something's changed. Wait, have we even? Did you articulate that? What was the change? Because I feel like this is just a natural continuation of what we were saying before. <laughs> um. No, I think it was just like you were just thinking change. about thinking about the stuff that you had shared, and it felt different, probably. Yeah, probably, and also, you know, I'm 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 launching my own podcast, and it's really interesting being oh, on cool. the other side. And you go, oh, I wish I'd said this. I wish I said that. And Wait, now I get it. What's it about? It's um. Did you get the idea from me, or you're already going to do it? 
No, no, this my idea has been up for a, a year. I, I just didn't know that. Didn't you? No. Yeah. It's it's interviewing actors and directors in Australia. Because since since I, since I, since business. I've been doing it, other friends have told me that they want to start their own podcast. I don't know. Mine's been. Mine's, I've already done eight eight or nine interviews. No, I didn't no, no. Know no. That. Just, I, I, everything got bamboozled because yeah, I did right. film and press. Oh, cool. But it's more around like strategies in terms of how do you stay in the business because it's okay. so tricky. Sure. Uh, so it's great to be on the other side and actually realize that everything that you say is kind of where it needs to be said. Like, yep. you know, you think you want to change things in the moment, but it's like, okay, well, I've said that. <laughs> moving on. It's moving like, on, moving on. Um, I think I feel I need, I want. Right now? Yeah. Um, I think uh, I still need a coffee. Okay. I feel very grateful that you've asked me along and that we get to do this and share and talk and because yeah. I really admire your work as well Aww. and I do a great job in LA and I think, yeah, I feel uh, I feel grateful um, to be part of this part of your project mm. um, and I think I feel I need, I still need a coffee. <laughs> That's fine. What about chocolate and, bar? Um, I, I want... Um, like maybe I hope people are moved by the film tonight. Yeah. That I, that I screen to a few people, um, friends and people who've worked on it and people I admire and yeah. Well, I guess for the listeners, um, the screening will have already happened when this episode goes up. So you guys can reach out to Chloe on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. A bit of social media plugs there. We've got to do it. Um, even though does me saying that contradict the ethos of this podcast, I don't think so, because that was actually just what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, check it out, reach out to her, and when will the film be available, do you think, for the public to see? Well, the trailer comes out tomorrow, which is exciting. Okay, so you guys will um, It's aligned to... with World Health Day. Great. That's, you know, because I'm all about healthy minds and yeah. healthy living. Um, and we'll soon find out where it premieres. Awesome. Cool. All right. Um Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Honest Conversations with Alex Cubis. And thank you yes, to Alex Chloe. Cubis. Yeah. And thank you to Chloe. Um, I've got to go. I'm going to set this afternoon shooting something, which is pretty cool. And then um, Chloe, it's now 8 a.m. in Sydney or after 8 a.m. And she's got to go to a premiere tonight. So exciting. No, no, no. no. Screening. Screening, screening, screening. Sorry. Um, screening. It hasn't been premiered yet. Okay. Um, in Sydney. All right. Uh, thanks, guys.